Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I am your host, Doug Winters. I hope you're all staying safe and staying at home and wearing masks. And for those of you listening in real time, happy Memorial Day. Today we're in for a treat. I got to sit down via Zoom and have a conversation with one of my new favorite people, Amy Morella, who, as she modestly says, owns a flower shop in Southern California. But she will tell us all about flowers at weddings, flowers at hotels. Most importantly, flowers just to make people smile and let them know that you love them. And you could tell that she definitely loves what she does because she, I wish you could see it, but is smiling throughout this entire conversation, which I gotta say is very cool and very refreshing. So without further ado, here is my conversation with one of the true industry heavyweights, icons, and innovators, the remarkable Amy Morella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds perfect. Why do you sound perfect without a microphone and I need a microphone? I have the those iPad Pros. Oh, you're so cool. And I didn't yeah. even see that. <laughs> I'll hide this one too. <laughs> He's such a professional. Sure, My son own. has a microphone for like his gaming stuff. And I was like, can I take this out of your room? He's like, mom. I'm like, okay, never mind. I tell people to take their kids' gaming headphones on. Yeah, well, he has a whole but like these... thing. So. Yeah. Does this sound okay? Fine. This sounds fantastic. It does. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, perfect. And I told everyone, do not come yes. in here because my family's all at home working and schooling and, you know, and mom, mom, mom is the first thing out of their mouth. I was looking at something and you said, like, if I couldn't do flowers, I would just stay home with my kids. Yeah. I, I do love being home and they think I'm a stay-at-home mom. My husband thinks I'm a stay-at-home mom. They, they all think I'm a stay-at-home mom. Now or pre-pandemic? <laughs> always. They just think I'm readily available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I have a music company that plays for weddings. Yes. So I never see my kids or my wife on weekends. There's right. no weekends. Yeah. There's no holidays. I can't remember the last time. I went yep. to a family function. Yeah, I've created a pretty good workflow with my staff. I mean, I, I feel like I do have the best of both worlds because I have my hidden garden team, which is like my family there. And I guess the way I started the company on my own, I knew I always wanted to be able to venture out and, and be a mom at the same time and have both. One of the reasons why I never even named the Hidden Garden had nothing to do with my name because I never wanted it to be solely dependent on me as the person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that I never wanted it to be, let's say, Amy's Garden or Amy's Flower Patch. or. <laughs> Where were you when I needed you? I tried to build like a second and third band. Mm -hmm. So for 10 years, it's like we just like burst onto the scene. We were doing nothing, something that no one else was doing. Okay, well, we want Doug. Yeah, where's Doug? Why would, I, why would I take the second band? I'll just go to some other company and take their first band. Yeah. Why would we take your second or third band? I finally just let it go. <laughs> yeah, because you can't win. I mean, even now when there's some people that call the shop, I don't even know who they are. I don't, they're not even my clients, like the sales girls, they're their clients. I'll like walk into a meeting and be like, hi, I'm Amy. You know, and they're like, Hi, like looking at me like, who's Amy? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, she owns the company, you know? I actually like it. I like being the, the front, so to speak. Right. But when you choose to be. Yes. You like, you like yes. being in front when you want to go on Hallmark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if I want to just show up and be like, you guys are doing a great job, you know? But I re rely so much on my team for that reason. So tell me 
about Hidden Garden? The Hidden Garden. The Hidden yeah. Garden. I started 21 years ago, mm-hmm. like way back in the day. It was just really just for fun. Flowers were something fun and happy. So you just always love flowers or you just, like, I mean, who doesn't love flowers? Yeah, right. I know they make people happy. Like, how do you not like them? Yeah. It's a, it's a happy thing. Like- My job is, is truly happiness. Like we don't show up and, and someone's disappointed to see us ever, you know, they're, <laughs> they're always happy to see you. Like you don't get a delivery and you're like, Oh, I got a flower delivery. So, and truthfully, when I first started, it was just me and my dad who's passed away, but I'm sorry, was my delivery driver and, um, he was retired and he was like, I'll deliver flowers for you. Okay. And it was just me and him. And um, my first employee's name was Juan who still works for me. Oh, wow. And my dad used to always say, everyone's happy to see me. He's like, I'm like the best person, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) no one was ever unhappy to see him. It's funny, I did the wedding of this guy who owned a string of funeral parlors. And he said to me, you're always seeing people at their best in gatherings. And I'm always seeing people at their worst yeah. at gatherings. I said, oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, the energy that that your job brings to people. And I love making people happy. Like yeah. my, I, in a, on a normal day, my husband is always like, you're always bunny rabbits and ice cream. Everyone's gotta be happy <laughs> around you. And I do, I just, I work so hard, everything to make people happy, whether it's, you know, having dinner and enough people are invited or how we're gonna get together with everybody. Or I always, my goal is always to make people happy. Yeah. So for me, this is the perfect job because flowers make people happy. And music makes people happy. You know, so hey. Music makes people happy. Ironically, my husband's in the music business. Really? So, what does he um, do? He is the vice president of Capitol Records. Shut so up. He's on the label side, yeah. So we do two happy things. Yeah, really? <laughs> Although his job's way more stressful than my job ever could be. But, yeah, I, um, I can imagine. Yeah. But yeah, flowers and music, you can't be bummed out with that. But anyways, going back to the initial question of how I started. Was it your father's company? No, it was my company. I worked in the music business, actually. I used to work at a record label, too. That's how my husband and I met. I worked at MCA Records back in the day when that existed. I remember. Um, A lot of of things used to exist. I know, right? Like weddings? So I was... (laughs) Weddings. Yeah, they're coming back. (laughs) MCA Records is not coming back. Right, exactly. (laughs) I started off as an intern and kind of worked my way up. And then I was in the artist development department. I went on the road with bands and I wasn't my passion. Like it wasn't what I love to do. Like my husband's passion is the music business. I just kind of fell into it. And then I, I decided it wasn't what I always wanted to do. And at the time my boss was very flexible because my hours were flexible. I was kind of on the road and I would make flowers for my friends and everyone just as a hobby. As a hobby, nothing. Yeah, I would go to the flower market in the morning before work. I would make flower arrangements. Then I'd deliver my arrangements to my friends at their offices, you know, literally in the music business. And then um, I would go to the office, do my job and start all over. And then eventually, um, at the time, my husband, Greg and I, we were dating and we had an apartment in Santa Monica. They have bugs flying in the house and it was all about the flowers in the apartment. And he finally said, you need to find the space. Like, we cannot do this. Our landlord would come and like pull the leaves and the stems out of the garbage disposal that I'd shoved down there. And (laughs) it was just, just a mess. So I... I decided, okay, I'll open up a flower shop. And all my friends at the time in the music business were like, we'll be your client. And I was like, okay, great. I have these built-in clients. Wow, nice. And How many people get to, yeah. go to work with a built-in clientele? I know. It was, it was great. And my, the 
you know, the parent company, Universal Music Group, they said, we'll be your client. You could do the flowers in the lobby. Wow. Like, okay, great. Yeah, it was just kind of like this funny thing. But I really literally had no idea what I was doing. I was making flowers. It was pretty and I was making people happy. That was what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have like a like, okay, this is how it's going to work. You know, yeah, exactly. I was very much like, let's just do this. Much like how I am with many things. I kind of just put my head down and I just go. And make people happy. And make people happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, now my my plans are a little bit more thought out. But at the time, I was young and wild and reckless, I guess, and I could just go with it. Yeah. So I opened up in a 1926 cottage off a little Santa Monica Boulevard that was not set up for as a flower shop. I'd never even worked in a flower shop before, so I really had no idea what I was doing. And it was like hardwood floors, two stories. It had like a fireplace in it. I mean, what flower shop has a fireplace? Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, it was, it wasn't, it was just an office building. And the people that took me on as a tenant were very kind. I don't, I don't even know why they took me on as a tenant. They, they gave me the space and I opened up Valentine's Day weekend because I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. No, isn't that perfect though? Yes and no, because all of my friends decided they were going to order flowers for me, which was amazing. Right. But then I was overwhelmed. And I mean, the whole thing was, it that was the toughest. How many red toughest. roses in the world are there? <laughs> oh gosh, there weren't enough that weekend. I was, was in t near tears. <laughs> my husband even left work that day to go help me deliver. I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah. You know, my dad, I had my friends. I mean, everyone was helping me to make it happen. That was my big, my first big lesson of have a better plan. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it'd be great if you could do this like without kind of a business model and you could just make people happy. I know. I mean, when I started, I was just making happy birthday, happy anniversary. I had no idea about the wedding market, bar and bat mitzvahs, no idea that existed. Right. Literally, I mean, I grew up a Catholic schoolgirl. Like I had just didn't even know what a bar and bat mitzvah was. Oh, you literally was. didn't know what a bar and bat mitzvah was. Literally had no idea. That's hysterical. Um, and, and these huge weddings. And after about my first year of business, I met a photographer who has since passed away named Michael Brannigan. And he owned a photography company. And I don't even remember how we met, but we were at dinner and we were talking about weddings. And I was like, what? So people spend all this money on wedding flowers? This is crazy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And he was like, yeah, you should try. Silly and girl. And I was like, I know. Okay. I'll try, you know? And then from there, it was just like, meet this person, I met this person, and that person introduced me to that person, and it was just like a networking situation. And then before you know it, I was doing weddings, and I was like, this is crazy. You know, and it's actually funny, given the name of this podcast, but the amount of money that people spend on a wedding is insane. I mean, I mean I, I'm not I complaining. I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up that way either. Now, when people say like, we have a certain budget. I don't have that kind of money or it's not, it's not feasible. And I always say, I completely understand. Like we're not, Oh yeah. it's not feasible in my life either. You know, like my husband wouldn't be uh, absolutely spend a hundred thousand dollars on Samantha's wedding flowers. He would near shoot me. You know, it's definitely an animal I did not know existed. And I learned about it quickly and then became friends with certain wedding planners and coordinators that introduced me to other people and voila, we have the wedding industry. <laughs> and it is a serious industry. I mean, like billion dollar industry. Yes. Yeah. It is. And it worldwide is. now. Yes, it is. It is everywhere. And everyone, hopefully we all get back to it sooner than later. Oh my um, Amy, but please, I know, please. I know. 
I love Gavin Newsom, by the way. No. Very cool governor. Well, I like Governor Cuomo. <laughs> we listen to him every morning. Yeah. I, oh, do they we show it? Do they, every... do they show it? Yeah, they show it here in LA. Yep. He's amazing. We watch it on CNN. He's very down to earth the way he speaks. It's very direct. And yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy listening to his, his talks every morning. You know, other people in, yeah. in positions of power you'd think would talk that way. No? One would think. <laughs> One, would. One would think. I just live in our bubble and we just stay here until we're ready to come out. Go to the grocery store, get get everything for a week and hunker down again. How old are your kids? Zach is 15 and Samantha is going to be 13 in two weeks. Tougher time for them. Tougher time for them. Well, I think it's tough for those parents too. Like I'm grateful. My kids, they make their breakfast. They put themselves onto online school on time. They get themselves dressed. They go outside and play when they want to versus being trapped with like a two and three year old where you're like, okay, now what do we do? You know, as a working parent, I can tell my, my kids like, don't come in this room. I'm on a podcast. Okay. Like they got it. You know, <laughs> my business is interesting. Unlike Preston and David, both of them, I do, I break my business into four buckets. So I have my daily orders, which is just happy birthday, anniversary, whatever. We have like our hotels and corporate weekly accounts. So we do the flowers in the hotel lobbies, like Beverly Hills Hotel and Hotel Bel Air and Waldorf Astoria. Someone's there every morning at 5 a.m. refreshing the flowers. So in those no fancy places or anything, right? No fancy places. Yeah. <laughs> I stay away from them. <laughs> And then we and then we have our clients that have their flowers delivered, you know, to their homes every week. Don't go don't go past that so fast because that's really interesting. Okay. You never think about things like that, like that's someone. Yeah. That like there are just flowers in the hall, you know, in, in a fancy hotel. Yeah. And you're the one that brings them. Yeah, that's that's like a whole nother animal because you have to keep up with the concierge and the rooms and all of that. Could you go into that for a second? I mean, because that's really interesting. That's a side of the business that I've never even thought of until you just said it. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely very highly service oriented because we, we have to be just as much readily available as the hotel is to the guest because Mr. and Mrs. Smith need flowers in two hours and wants the whole room covered. Like we're on it, you know? Our whole team, by 5 a.m., we have staff in the hotel lobbies, changing, refreshing. Wow. We do a weekly change out in hotel lobbies, mm -hmm. and then we do a daily refresh, um, just because we don't want anything to look dead in the lobby yeah, 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 with yeah, our name. Yeah. You know, and people will go up to the concierge and say, who does the flowers? You know, and we don't want to have like dead blooms in the lobby. <laughs> that would not be good. And then we get phone calls throughout the day from the concierge and we get our phone calls throughout the day from, you know, room services or the restaurants in the hotel. We go back to the hotels two, three times a day, just in, in basic deliveries. So our servicing to the hotel is a lot. So do you have one person that is just in charge of the Bel Air Hotel? Um, we have a salesperson that's in charge of just the hotel accounts. And then there's yeah, yeah. Um, certain drivers that are the main drivers for those hotels. Our entire team knows what works in what hotel. There's certain flowers that go in certain hotels, certain colors go in certain hotels, a certain style is in certain hotels or the different restaurants that are in the hotel. Some of them just do succulents. Some of them do single buds. You know, some of them do small arrangements. They're all kind of different and they all have different delivery installation dates for change out. So we don't, we aren't doing them all on one day so that we can space them out. 
So if we're installing at the Beverly Hills Hotel on a Thursday, then on Friday, we're stalling Hotel Bel Air, but then we go back to Beverly Hills Hotel Friday morning and just refresh it. Yeah. It's freshen. So yeah, right. It is. And it's a whole nother system. For me, that's a whole nother bucket of my business that has nothing to do. That could be a whole business. Yeah, itself. it is a lot of work. I mean, we have one hotel that wanted us to be their in-house florist. They were adamant that we were, we had a little pop-up shop, so to speak, inside their hotel. And we were like, uh-uh, don't want to do it. It's not worth it. I did it for a few years for Four Seasons in Westlake. And it just financially wasn't worth it. It just didn't make sense. We currently work really, really well out of the Hidden Garden. And the Hidden Garden is where the location of it works great for being in the city. We can get to all the hotels really quickly. So in that respect, I stay picky and just you know try and stay in my lane and only work in the area that I know I can do a good job at. So you deal with flowers, uh, flower pots? But, oh, containers, you mean? All, all fresh cut flowers and containers. That's like where we, we, we live in our specialty. I just have kind of learned over the years for me, and this does not make this right for everybody else, but for me, I'd rather just do flowers and do them really, really well. And then someone else can do lighting and someone else can do linens and someone else can do chair rentals. Like I don't need to be the jack of all trades. In like in Los Angeles, you know, we work a lot with revelry. They've got the furniture. They've got, you know, all of that. Or go to images. They've got the lighting. For us in LA, I think it works a little bit different than in New York. Like we usually have like an event producer or planner that then hires all of the experts in the field. But there are some people like Preston. Mm -hmm like David B who started as florists and then then built. branched out. Yeah. But I've just always just stayed in my little zone and, and happily. And I love, and I know David very well. I love David and he's incredible. He's like the most lovable it's person. It's hard not to love him. Met. I don't know Preston. I've never met Preston actually, believe it or not. Impressive. Very impressive, but just was never my wheelhouse. Yeah. I was always just good with just flowers and I accept it and own it. And that's it. <laughs> Duan Stroud is one. Do you know him? I don't. Do you know uh -uh. Name? Mm -mm. I don't know him. Um, but he was saying that he he gives his flowers to like, the Ronald McDonald. Oh, okay. House mm -hmm. After the like at one o'clock in the morning, someone will take the flowers and and put them up in you know nursing homes or this or that. Or... We've had people that want to reuse them or have us donate them. And our biggest problem, at least in LA, that I've always found is whenever we've gone to donate them to like the uh, nursing home or something like that. The first thing they were like, oh, I don't want them or they're going to die in two days. And oh, really? Yeah, because I understand that philosophy because really, if you think about it, when we get our flowers, we're getting them days before the wedding so that they're perfect on the day of the wedding. So the day after the wedding, they're on their down. So they've got a day or two left. It's not like you get another seven days after the wedding of the flowers because we've, we've purchased them. So the day of your wedding, they're at their peak bloom. And they look the most perfect. And that might be blown out. That is almost word for word what they oh, is there, it's, tr <laughs> it's true. He says yeah. it's, you know, it's their job to be perfect for those six that's, hours. That's it. Like if I'm going to buy coral peonies, let's, this is the perfect example just because it's their season right now. Okay. If I buy coral peonies, right. when I buy them, they are, they're pretty tight and they're bright, bright coral. But as they open, they get more magnificent and they get lighter in coral and lighter and lighter and lighter. And maybe that bride wants that really pale version of coral. 
well, I have to purchase them so that I know when that version of pale coral is, but maybe they want that really bright coral. And if that's the case, then I need to purchase them so that on the day of their wedding, there's still the bright coral. So it's like my timing has to be perfected so that everything is in the perfect bloom for the wedding, not for the longevity of the flowers for the wedding. So, or garden roses, you know, do I want my garden roses to be perfectly opened at the wedding or do they like them to be a little bit more closed? You know, every, and every bride will tell you a different story. I love my roses to be blown open. I love my roses to be just, the porridge needs to be just right. Like <laughs> these conversations happen. Like it sounds crazy. I never, yeah. ever, ever, ever even gave that the tiniest amount of thought, whether or not a rose should be closed, open a little bit, about to bloom, or should be wide open. Yeah, and or any. And I'm just right? saying. Right. No, and the rose is actually a really great example because the way we get our roses, even if you, um, I went to Ecuador to one of our rose growers to just see the process, which is absolutely fascinating. That could be a whole nother podcast. Oh, how cool is that? Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, but the when they cut the flower off of the plant dictates how the flower is going to open for the consumer, essentially. So like sometimes, um, sorry, my phone's starting to ring. That's a landline for sure. Uh, it is a landline, believe it or not. We get zero landline calls except for now. Yeah, Yeah, of course, of course. Right. That's okay. So what I was going to say is that, Goodness yeah, sake. they cut them at different open stages so that, right. you know, some people like really pointy roses. Some people like them to be, you know, partially open, bloomed, you know, so it's interesting the way that, um, that we look at the flowers, you know, and then sometimes you'll get flowers that never open any further because they were just cut too young. So no kidding. Yeah. We look at all, I mean, all of that, I'll get a shipment in and I'll be like, this stuff's never opening up. What a nightmare. So it just, it all depends. Like everything has, has a stage. And we're supposed to be able to figure out like how we get things in. Like if I have a wedding, you know, I know I can get my hydrangea on Monday and process it and let it sit in the buckets and it'll actually like really open up a little bit more than normal. And, but I would never get my tulips on a Monday because they're not going to look great on Saturday. So I get my tulips in on a Wednesday and my roses, I get in on a Tuesday so they could sit in the cooler and drink water and process so that on Wednesday, when we start designing, um, you know, so we think we kind of have to think through our shipment dates and what days we're going to have um, flowers be re received in the store so that they're opening. And then also so that we can design everything because keeping in mind your wedding on a Saturday, we're not designing it Saturday morning. You know, we're designing it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the actual flower, the actual arrangements. Yeah. And we have this huge cooler that we store everything in. So we know how, you know, if we, if we keep it in the cooler, is it going to stay tight for a certain amount of time? Or do we need to leave it out and let some of these flowers open up a little bit more? And is so. it a kind of a rule or are they just living things and you can't 100% predict? Yeah, not a rule. One, it depends on how it shows up, you know, how tight it was when we received it. Um, like if our shipment came from Holland and all of my anemones are really, really tight and I need them to open up a little bit, I might give them a fresh cut and leave them out for the day and then throw them back in the cooler. Um, Describe, give them a fresh cut. When we receive our flowers 
everything usually comes in a box in a shipment and it has not been hydrated. So it hasn't been in water for let's say 24 hours. So we'll cut the ends and put them in water so the water can absorb through the stem and hydrate the bloom. When you're working with fresh flowers, you need to hydrate it because we get all of our shipments in boxes, you know, from all over the world. So we need to make sure we hydrate everything before you even think about designing. You need to make sure it gets hydrated. That could be two hours. It could be a whole day. Sometimes we have stuff that we hydrate where we give it a cut, we put it in buckets, and we'll put it in the upstairs office because we need it to warm up versus the downstairs office, which is cool. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Or we'll force like, let's say amaryllis. Amaryllis bloom comes like as tight as possible. Um, as one of my designers used to say, it's tighter than the Virgin Mary. And we would, get, <laughs> we would cut it and we put them upstairs and wait until they open. And then, you know, that could take them four days to open those amaryllis stems. That's a long time. If you get them on Thursday and you think you're going to use them on Saturday, you're going to be certainly disappointed, you know. So you have, yeah. you have to... There's a science to, to ordering and receiving. You have to listen to David's podcast. Oh, I will then. <laughs> it's almost exactly what you say the same thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says, I can tell you mm -hmm. what's fresh at the California flower markets, yeah. you know, in Miami, then in Texas, then in New York, and then in... Yeah, yeah. I'm not explaining it right, but you no, know No, I mean. no, but you're right. It's the, the truth of the matter is, for example, peonies. Like we get some peonies right now we get from Holland. And they look a certain way. Some of them we right. get from the Pacific Northwest over here and they look a certain way. And then, oh, okay. I mean, they just, there's different longevity, the time that it peaks, we get it from different places, knowing that it's going to keep moving across the world or how it's going to look, you know, even like a rose, for example, there's roses that are in Holland that I absolutely love mm -hmm. that look so different than the roses from Ecuador versus the rose, the garden roses here in, in California. They do, and they all have different seasons, you know. So. so Holland is not just tulips. No, Holland is, yeah, Holland is kind of like our, our hub of where we get a lot of products. Really? Yeah, we get a lot of stuff shipped to us from Holland. Is a that lot. where a lot of the expense comes in for people? That the shipping? They have the fact, yeah, the fact that you're dealing on a daily basis with calling, you know. Some of it, yes. We don't pay a lot of money on the shipment process. It's actually the flower. So like I'll use hydrangea as an example. Dutch hydrangea is more expensive than the, our Ecuadorian and Colombian hydrangea. And it's different than our, our local California hydrangea. They're just different types of flowers and yeah. they have different price points. So it's, it's really just like, I think a grow, a grower's process and how they handle it. And then we pay different price points for um, that product. Ranunculus being the same thing, like our California field ranunculus are very inexpensive. But if I get Japanese ranunculus, they're four times the cost, but it's a different flower. What do they say? A rose is a rose is a rose. It's not the case. It's not, they're all different. But this, this is actually what I'm asking you. It's, are you explaining to your clients, it's this much more because I'm getting this product these from Japan? Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting these from yeah. Holland and I'm getting these from Chile. So you can yeah. explain it all. Yeah, no, we definitely do. Cause they'll say, you know, someone will show us a picture, you know, in the world of Pinterest and Instagram. I love this hydrangea. Let's just say, and I'm like, that is beautiful <laughs> hydrangea. You're right. It's like this deep, rich purple. And I could see, I, I, I'm with you, you know, yeah. and that hydrangea is $15 a stem. 
Um, and I'm like, but what about this hydrangea? That's only $4 a stem. And they're like, oh, I don't like that one as much. Oh, I know. It's a less expensive product and it's a less quality. <laughs> you know, they're just different products, you know? Even though it's um, the same family of flowers, it's the same thing. Any different than flower. a car? Like yeah. my car is going to get me from point A to point B. And whether you want to drive a Hyundai or a Prius right. or a G-Wagon, they're still cars. They're just different cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And flowers are the same thing. There's st it's still a flower. It's and what's your level of willingness to pay more money? But that's for... what I mean. There's an explanation. So in other yeah. words, for someone to have a California wine as opposed to a French. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. No, there definitely isn't. And, and it's so easily explained to me. Like I can explain that all day long to a client. When they show us a picture and they say, but I just love this, but I only want it to be this much money. It's so easy to say to them, this is why it's not that much money the time of year, like for seasonality of the flower or the type of bloom that they're looking at. Again, a rose is in a rose is in a rose. The quantity and, you know, all of that. Could you tell, you know, like if you were, I'm only comparing this to wine because it just seems like a, a natural, but I mean, like if you had a blindfold test, you know, like a, obviously not a blindfold test, but right, if you have to yeah. look at it. But I mean, if, if you looked at five different arrangements, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever done a television, you know, reality show right. like this, On but I mean, the, like, yeah. like a cooking show, like if, but if they put, where they came from, if they took, thing. you know, you and David Beam and Preston Bailey and the five of the biggest right floors in our business and said, okay, here is five bouquets of the exact same arrangement. Can you tell where, where they were from? Probably yes. Really? Because the heads will be so different. It'll be so obvious. A white hydrangea from one grower versus a white hydrangea from another grower versus from another grower, you could tell immediately the different types of white hydrangea. It, it would be very obvious. Wow. Or a spray rose. I mean, you can look at a, a, a beautiful, you know, Dutch garden spray rose versus a Californian garden spray rose, which is gorgeous, just a totally different look versus you know, an Ecuadorian spray rose, which is also very pretty, but a different look, but they're all three spray roses. Okay. You know? What is a spray rose? Oh, um, that's like the little rose, like the, like <laughs> when you have one stem and it has like five buds on it. So it's like oh, a little... okay. Oh, spray. I yeah. Get it. Spray. But I mean, you can see that or a tulip would be another great example. I mean, the different tulip varietals is crazy. The amount of different tulips you can get. Most of those come from Holland though. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that's like, that's a tougher one, but, but there's so many different varietals, you know, there's different growers, there's different processes of how they're grown and the result is different. Price is different. Now, did you know any of this when you started or you just said zero, okay. nothing. I knew nothing. I actually, when I first started, I just went to the LA flower market and I just kept walking around and walking around and asking questions and, and meeting growers and meeting wholesalers. And I'd ask a million questions and I just, just kind of kept learning on my own and not, not that this is a good phrase to say, but kind of fake it till you make it, you know, until I really oh, I, figured I, it out, you know, um, until I educated myself and to this day, I still make tons of mistakes. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I always think, how do we do that? How do we make that mistake? <laughs> it's like inevitable, right? You would think you'd like, I've, I should have learned that lesson, but. So how do you run the business, which is a lesson that I never learned. Yeah so that everything just keeps flowing team my team without my team i am absolutely nothing i will say that 
like a hundred right. times over again. They all have an integral part of the business. We kind of look at it as like a wheel and they're all the spokes on the wheel. And if you take a couple spokes off, the wheel kind of falls apart or take two links out of the chain and, and there's no chain anymore. And we yeah. always tell our staff that like from the driver that goes to the flower market to pay, oh, let me backtrack from the, the flower buyer that orders our flowers to the driver that goes to pick them up, to the person that has to bring them back to the shop to process them, to the designers that have to make the arrangements, to the person that answers the phones that takes the orders, to the person that sold the entire event to begin with, then to the driver that had to go and deliver it and drop it off. Like take any of those out of the equation and what do you have? Like you have a hole. So we need each other to make the whole process work. So that's critical is the team and the systems and processes that we have in place to make sure that everything runs smoothly. And then for me personally, it's my, you know, my GM, she keeps things straight, you know, so that I can still be a mom and a business person at the same time. So I can kind of check in on the daily with her to make sure things are still moving as a business, you know. So do people like the OG people, they, they'll just want you. Oh yeah. I still have though. I, yeah, for sure. There's still people that are, it's just, we're meeting with Amy and that's it. And I love that. You know, I don't ever want to take that away either. Like I, I love all those. It's meetings. very flattering. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. And I just, and I do, I love, I mean, I love meeting with our clients. I love what I love the most is I love the, like the connection to people and, and what it does to them. You know, that's well, my clearly you happy are, place. Yeah. You are a people person. Yes, I mean, I'm definitely a people, people pleaser person. Yes. <laughs> you haven't stopped smiling yet. No, <laughs> that is true. I also do smile a lot. <laughs> Has anybody ever told you that you look like a little bit like young Maria Shriver? I have not heard that one. I haven't heard that one yet, but thank you. You're welcome. How did the, uh, the Hallmark Channel thing start? Because I know you connected uh, with the Hallmark mm, Channel. I saw it yeah. whenever you, when I was looking you up, it always went to the Hallmark Channel. The D oh, did D it? Oh, that's good. I love them there. That happened. I did a DIY, because their whole show is a DIY kind of segment. So they wanted, you know, segments just on how to make flower arrangements. The they only didn't thing I know about the Hallmark Channel is that my wife puts on, my wife's a writer. So she'll okay. have the Hallmark Channel like in the background of these really kind of sappy romantic comedy movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> where everybody's like a B level celebrity that looks like right. who they yeah. couldn't get, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that but, I know that was the whole, that was that I think is their basis. And then the home and family show was a DIY show. And so I would go on and do an arrangement here and there for a segment. Cause they didn't have a floral expert in what they call them family members. The people that are like the cast of the show. So they would ask, you know, do you want to come do an arrangement? And I was like, sure. And then it kind of turned into me just doing it a lot, you know, and I really do enjoy it. First of all, I love them. They're great. Their, their entire um, team is amazing. And I love, you know, all the family members on the show. And yeah, they're great. It's a great, it's a great program. How long is your, your segment? Usually? My segment's usually like 10 minutes. It's pretty quick. When it says DIY, so you're, you're like showing people how to make arrangements. Yeah, it depends. We, they, you know, they'll give me kind of direction of what they're hoping to get that week if it, or that month. It might be like, we, we need you to do a spring segment about, you know, just spring blooms and I'll, and then I'll come up with a couple of concepts of what to do. And then they'll run it past the producers and decide which one works for them. Or it could be, you know, I might be doing a Christmas segment or it might be a Thanksgiving table segment, or it could be wet, a wedding segment. So it all just kind of depends on what they're looking for. 
You know, it's so funny. The thing that I think of when I think of California and flowers is the Rose Bowl Parade. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I have never even worked on a Rose Parade float in my life. One of my corporate clients was uh, Macy's. Okay. And the people there would always, when my kids were really young, they'd say, do you want to bring your kids? That's the Thanksgiving Parade, right? The Macy's Thanksgiving yeah, the Day Macy's Parade. Yeah, uh -huh. The only problem is you have to be there like five o'clock in the morning. Because they shut, they close all the roads. They close. Yes. The so you have to be the yeah. driver. It's like you're going to bring you a six year old or a five year old. Like wake up, and they're like, "Why yeah, am I waking wake up, up so for a parade?" See, yeah. You know, see Snoopy. <laughs> the big uh, balloons in the sky. And it's yeah. freezing out. It's like, right. why would I want to be involved with this again? And the kids are like, "Why do I have to go to this, Dad?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I always, I always came up with an excuse, but they had no desire to do it. I get but it. It's a great perk if you wanted it. Yeah. It's true. It's funny the things that you get you get out of what we do for a living. The perks, the the yeah. unique opportunities that come out of it. You would never think, you know. Like we do a lot of stuff for the Super Bowl. We do. We, I think it's been eleven years that I've done the Super Bowl um, for the NFL. No and, kidding. Yeah, and that's like a whole. Who would ever put flowers and football together? The halftime show. So you think about the halftime show because of music. Yeah. So where are the flowers at the Super Bowl? It's at the tailgate party, which is before the game oh. for the commissioner. So it's a party. Oh, so for you're actually hired ten thousand people. Goodell yeah. Or the NFL. Yeah, we're hired. Um, yeah, we're hired through the NFL through. Um, which is in New York. The coordinator of that you got that gig. Well, they're we on Park have, Avenue, Madison Avenue. Yeah, the planner that we work at, um, Party Planners West, and they're based out of here in LA. So they gave us the opportunity the first time 11 years ago, and we've had the job since. That's the coolest so. thing about corporate parties, and I really pray that they come back, is that they're loyal. As, yeah. Like there's a bunch of law firms that we do mm -hmm. parties for. We'll do the summer associate parties in June. We'll do the, you know, the entire, you know, staff in uh, yeah. Christmas, you know, or holiday parties. Right, and, yeah. And then and they the just partner, keep going. partners and... party in February. So it's like three or four parties every single year. And if they like what you do, it's like, this is, you know, it's a gold mine. They it's tell fantastic. their friend and then they just, I know. Yeah. Corporate is No, great. I mean, just them, you know, they'll yeah. say, you know, they'll, they'll book me from year to year. Like I have clients that say, oh, book me the first Wednesday in December. Right. Till you die. <laughs> You're like done. Perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you want to hear a, a very funny almost flower story? One, I had one of those clients as a there's a consulting firm, McKinsey and Company. It's huge. Okay. Okay. And every year they pick, uh, you know, like a, a truly fancy spot in Manhattan. One year they decided. Now I'm, I'm telling you, it's literally they they would say the first Wednesday in December. And okay. the one year they picked windows, uh, the, the rainbow room, and it didn't occur to them or me until a month before that the Wednesday is when the tree comes to. Oh my gosh. To, to, be, installed. The, to be installed. Yeah. For the uh, skating rink, you know, yep. mm -hmm. Rockefeller Center there. And, yep. Yeah. And all of NBC oh. and Bob. So they literally had to call the police and you know beforehand and get a special pass so that we could drive oh, through because we were in Louise. and and park in the you know in the building and then 
you know, so it's just. But then this goes back to why you hire professionals to do things because you did figure out how to get a good parking pass. You did figure out how to get into the building. You did figure out like, these are all important features. I think in our business and, you know, particularly in flowers, but even what you do, it's like, you don't just pop on the stage, you know, right. you just, exactly. <laughs> there was like, there was a rehearsal and there was like, there's so many parts to this whole thing. Yeah. Learning new. And that's that why when people say about flowers, like, well, it's just so expensive. And I'm like, but you have no idea the, the chain of people that it took just to get to here. Like I'm going it's, a, to it's send an amazing the second we get, I'm going to send it to you right now as we're talking is, okay. is David Beam's podcast. He literally has a discussion about this. He, he said he deals with a lot of, as you can imagine, very wealthy people. And he, yeah. he says, so when are you going to go public? So, you know, so I can buy stock. And he says, he says, if I took you into the back room and you saw how much is actual profit, you'd kill yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's well, like, it's just so much. It's there's so much to it, and no one even gets it. Like it's there was a um an electric. This is I still to this day should do, it and I never have. I had this electrician one time gave me a quote for something, and and yeah. I I don't even know that it was expensive. Whatever the back of his bill though, he had a drawing professionally done, but it was him starting off getting his electrical license educating himself and then him going out and getting his first job and then him going to the supply store and then him and it went through the whole chain of of the things he did to get to my house and then you can't imagine that the guy's charging 150 dollars an hour like yeah. he had to do all this to get here and i would say <laughs> we need to do that on our flowers like it flew from holland got to lax someone picked it up someone got this whole right. process like, and you had to pay a sure. driver to yeah. wake up at three o'clock in the morning to, to be at there. lax to pick them up at five and we get that like grocery store flowers that's a great example of like the people mm -hmm. say like oh, but i can get this for so cheap at the grocery store yeah um, I guess. yeah it's totally different i'll use orchid plants as an example because this one comes up all the time with us you know we'll sell a single bloom orchid plant in a pot with the moss and the glass rod and the wire and you know the moss is on the wire and like the little butterfly clips are removed and leaf shine and blah 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 the whole thing <laughs> and it's 125 dollars for us to do this orchid plant for you and then they'll say i can get that orchid plant at trader joe's for 19.99 uh, absolutely. You can go to Trader Joe's and get yourself an orchid plant for $19.99. But this orchid plant, this is what we did. Like, so, but that's a choice, right? It, there's a process. So I think I might need to do that little cartoon drawing on the back of things so people see <laughs> the yeah, process. See, what we're talking about now, I think, is a lot more relatable. Like, if you, if you say to someone, it's going to cost $125, but here's why. Because it's coming from holland i have to order it on on the 22nd so that it i know right. that i'll get it on the 29th and it'll bloom on the first and so that your wedding on the third it's absolutely perfect and right then they can go yeah, that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah as long it. as they they understand yeah. as long as you can explain to people why. yeah if you can educate your clients through the process which hence is why you know someone like david or preston or or you, you if you can educate them on why the or yeah but the value of what we're offering right. and what it is then it it makes sense because it's not apples to apples you know 
you know, sometimes we'll have a, a client that says, I got this bid from so-and-so and it's $5,000 less than you. And I'm like, but we're not comparing apples to apples. Yeah. A rose is not a rose. It's not that a rose. That's hysterical. <laughs> that, that's going to be, see, if I had names yeah. for this podcast, I, I definitely go, a rose is right. not a rose is not a rose. <laughs> so, so people are paying really for creativity, for mm -hmm. your good name. Experience. Yeah, experience. Um, and that you know, like David was saying, to get a flower from Holland in the spring or from yeah, they're paying for our expertise and our knowledge and, and the experience that we give them through the process, like, you know, the relationship that's created, you know, for us, our clients, not just like a one-off. I mean, I work really hard to move our wedding clients into our daily mm. business. You know, I want that wedding, that bride to be like a hidden garden client forever. I want to do her mom's birthday flowers. I want to do her daughter's you know, baby shower. I want to do her friend's bridal shower. You know, I want to do her anniversary party. I want, you know, I want to do, I want to work. I want to do flowers for the company she works yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. I want her to be like, oh my gosh, Hidden Garden's my go-to for flowers, no matter what it is. Well, it's saying is that if you have a client for life, you only have to explain what we were just saying once. Like if this thing costs right. $125, point, yes. you know, <laughs> I don't have to tell you next year that right. it's $140 because Why? they put a excise tax on it. You, you know, get you me. Get, you yeah. understand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And if you think about the wedding business, I, I feel blessed for what I do that I'm, I try and, you know, I bucket my, I call them buckets in my business, but like my wedding business is, is a quarter of my it's business. It's also interesting that you use the term buckets because you actually use buckets Use bucket. Good point. Yeah. I've never thought about it that way, but yes, it's true. But my wedding business is like, is one bucket of my business and it's, I move that bucket into the other buckets and I just have to refill that bucket every year, you know, and that is a lot easier than having to refill the whole thing every year. So how did you go? What was the process when you realized that you were a success, like a name in the industry when you went from doing things for friends and you know then... what's funny is i i never and i'm not gonna say i never think i'm a success because that sounds like i don't think much of myself no i, I, I know um, exactly what but i never i never think of myself like as that amazing i guess like my friends will to this day i'll you know if we meet someone i'll say with they'll say what do you do and i'm like oh, i own a flower shop and my friends always laugh. They're like, she, she doesn't own a flower shop. Let me explain what she does, <laughs> you know? And, or if I say, you know, oh, I, I do flowers. She's one of the premier. Someone, it'll come up with, you know, and then the name of our company will come up and they're like, what? We follow you on Instagram. What do you mean? Like, why didn't you tell us, you know? So I kind of like to try and keep it like as humble and as like, I'm very grateful for all the business that we get. And I'm, you know, appreciate. I never take it for granted. I'm always trying to like keep growing and be better and better every year. I like to kind of stay in the back, back end a little bit, you so know, it's like not, it's so funny. You have like, it's the perfect combination of being on the back end. Like I, I feel very much the same way. Like I like, like, yeah, you are, you have to like, I'll perform you're on the front I'm, end, but you're the back end. I'm on yeah. the stage, but I almost never talk. I let the singers do the talking because you're used to watching the singers. You know, I'm playing the piano. Yeah. You know, it's it's boring watching the piano player. Um, <laughs> but 
the only time I'll talk is when I'm introducing people because I think the worst thing you could do is mispronounce someone's name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. the only time I'll talk. You don't want to mess that up. Yeah. Yeah. But there are so many sides to this industry that I found. And it wasn't really till I started the podcast. Say, listen, I see weddings from the bandstand. I only care that the dance floor is full. Now, your job is done a couple of hours before anything happens, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because whenever someone asks me about the, you know, during the event, I'm like, always like, I don't know. I have no I, idea. I, I leave when it looks pretty and then I'm done. Because <laughs> I, unlike some people, don't stay through the event, sure. you know. My my job is done and I slip away, you know. I know, I'm so jealous. Um, yeah, and that's, you know. Do you know, do you know Sylvia Weinstock? I don't know. I mean, of course, I know of Sylvia. Yeah. But I don't know Sylvia. She no. was on the podcast about a, maybe six months ago before this whole thing started, pandemic okay. wise. Yeah. And she was saying the exact same thing that you are. And especially with cakes, you need a cake for a graduation. You need a cake for a bar mitzvah. You need a cake for a wedding. You need a cake for a birthday, an yeah. anniversary. Yeah. So I asked her that same question. I said, when was the first time you looked in the mirror and you realized that you were Sylvia Weinstock? <laughs> you know the famous Sylvia when it's like she's yeah because I know what you're saying and I guess the answer is you just never do I know you don't ever I don't know why I don't know why you just because you keep thinking like I just do flowers yeah I just make cakes yeah I just make pretty rooms like you know when do you see this coming back how do you see it coming back I always say it's listen people are always going to need music to dance you're yeah. gonna need like i was talking well, about, my husband always says flowers and music are always there when it's bad and when it's good in bad times you want flowers and music and in good times you want flowers and music that's the good thing and booze, and, and <laughs> and booze. there's a lot of booze yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot when do i see it coming back i think it's interesting like right now for me for for flowers yeah we have a lot of people that just want flowers in their homes right now because they want to be happy. Oh, that's So that's a great thing. So we're, we're, you know, our daily, so I go back to all of my buckets of my business. Yeah. My daily buckets is, is up because that is like, it's important right now. This is the flowers are bringing people happiness. You know, they want to send it out for a birthday. They want to send it out for an anniversary, but we have a lot of people that just want flowers in their house just to have flowers, you know? Yeah. I have, you know, clients right when this first started, that was like, you're still getting flowers at home. I see your Instagram. I see what you're doing. Like, can we have some? And this is when we weren't even open. You know, we were closed still. Oh, that's a, and I was like, I can send you that's a, a few bunches. You know, they just wanted flowers to make themselves happy in their house. You know? Did you keep an, somewhat of a skeleton staff so that you could provide? I did. I didn't want to shut us down all the way because mm -hmm. I knew, you know, this we were going to come out out of this at some point here no but i mean um, you don't i mean i have to wait till they have a you know a big party right yeah you do people's houses and you could do hotels the hotels really aren't that open so we're not doing much of that um what i have been doing which is kind of funny not funny but it's been fun and we're turning it into a whole thing now i've been doing these flower zoom classes with all of my neighbors and it started off with 10 of us because they said, you're bringing flowers home. Can we like learn how to make flower arrangements? And I was like, sure. 
So it started off with 10 people and I'd have, you know, 10 buckets and I'd each get a bucket. We'd go on the Zoom and we'd do a flower. Oh, you tell them what to buy? No, I, I did. I ordered it because I'm still supporting the growers because when, when all of this first happened, I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw a little pebble and create a little bit of a ripple. It might not be a boulder in a huge mm -hmm. wave, but I'll, I'm going to do my part. So I was still buying stuff from my growers because they were hurting. That's brilliant. Great business to think, all right, everybody else, you know, dump them. Yeah. And we just kept, and they were super appreciative. We love Amy. Keep in mind, they're, <laughs> they're, and they're farmers, you know, they're, they're still growing those. It's not like they just shut their plant down. These crops are like, no, it's crazy. I mean, going in the trash, you know, and it was just heartbreaking. And you see like fields of tulips and, oh. and daisies and all the stuff that's just getting thrown away. It was like, oh my gosh, don't throw it away. Like, let's do something with it. So, so my little tiny pebble. I'm creating the little tiny ripple, my little flower zoom classes with my 10 neighbors in my neighborhood. And then those turned into 20 and then turned into 30. And then, you know, now we have, I've capped it at 40 people. Um, and I send out an email on Monday morning, which I did this morning and we're still doing it. It's been like our quarantine activity. Now what we're doing is we're turning it into a new program for the hidden garden called buckets of blooms where we can deliver a bucket of blooms to you and then you'll get to log into the tutorial and take a class if you want. So it doesn't even have to be at the moment. Yeah, we're gonna turn it into like this, into a long-term thing because all of my friends and neighbors that I've been doing this with, they're like, why aren't we doing this all the time? Why not? See, well, that's so. what I'm saying. So when you say like everything comes back in a different form, it's sort of like a hundred years ago when silent movies stopped and talkies took over or when in the fifties, when television took over, there was a gigantic hit on the movie industry. Yeah. Uh, but things just going back to what you would, you would ask is like, when do you see things coming back? And when do you, at least in, in California, I would just even use Los Angeles. All of our weddings have pushed for the most part oh, yeah. into 2021. I mean, for us, we're taking this one bucket and I'm like, let's work on it. Let's make it robust. Let's do a lot with it. Cause these other buckets are not there right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we also, I mean, we're dealing with a perishable product, so it's not like, oh, we'll just put it on the shelf and we'll see if someone buys it one day, you know, right. exactly. It's gotta be well thought out. And if we don't use the product, then, then we need to do something with it. Right. So, all right, so with all these buckets, weddings is a not necessarily, it's certainly not the only thing you do. Yeah, so we. this is how I look at my business. A quarter of our business is weddings. A quarter of our business is daily sales. You know, happy birthday, happy anniversary. You know, I love you. Oh, literally someone calling. Literally calling $150 arrangement, go out the door that afternoon. And then a quarter of our business is corporate hotel accounts. A quarter of our business is social functions, bar bar mitzvahs, engagement parties, anniversary parties, dinner parties. So they've all pretty much taken a hit except for the... The daily, yeah. I love what you said about the ripple because those people are going to love you <laughs> next year. And if it's a choice between yeah. you getting it and <laughs> someone else, you know, somewhere someone else in else, the world. Yeah. Do you do destination weddings? We do some, we don't focus on it. Again, that's kind of like a specialty thing too, I think. Because I always try and like stay in my wheelhouse of what I know I do well. Right. That's like my, it's my safety net and it's what I feel comfortable with and it's what allows me to be a mom. I like knowing that I can kind of control my space. Makes me feel good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I wanna be around 
for my kids. Like I said, you know, before my kids think I'm a stay at home mom and I actually, I kind of like it. You know, I like that. They think that of course mom's going to be there at two o'clock in the well, afternoon the for funny. our game. Why wouldn't she be? Exactly. Well, that's the funny thing. <laughs> you know, I always went to my kids games. People were probably like, what does this guy do for a living? He's never, exactly. he's never at the office. Like, who's this guy in a t-shirt blaring? <laughs> right rap music right. whatever is you know they don't know that i'm actually working i have to right yeah they're like these wow, songs for them, you know but i was one of the few fathers that was there well my husband always we would joke all the time he's like who gets to come at two in the afternoon to the games who can go at 11 a.m yeah, you know? exactly so it's cool yeah but that was the trade-off sure could we have built the business to do other things we could have, but then I think I would have really missed out on a lot of those really important moments yeah. in my kids' lives, which I wasn't wasn't interested in missing out on. Well, this is great. Good. Do we get enough info? You think? I yeah. Think so. Well, thank you so. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Sorry, we talked so long. We talked two hours. My. Oh goodness. my. Oh wow. That went fast. Yeah, it really did. Sorry. Okay. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I hope I didn't. I didn't realize it. No, it's fine. We're in quarantine. What do I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Amy. All right. Have a good day. Okay. Bye. And now you know why she's one of my new favorite people in the world. We actually did speak for two hours and 15 minutes, but I cut it down to a neat 57 minutes. So you can find Amy at The Hidden Garden on Instagram or check out her website at hiddengardenflowers.com. And you can find me at Doug Winters Inc. on Instagram and DougWintersMusic.com. Again, stay safe, stay strong, stay healthy. We will all get through this together. I will see you very soon. Take care.